Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Okay. So, turn your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 16. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 16. We are continuing with our leadership series. How many have been blessed talking about being a leader? How many are becoming leaders? How many believe that you are becoming great leaders? Okay. All right. Sometimes people don't like it when we talk or preach about leadership because they feel that leadership is supposed to be left to the world. We have too many things. Leadership is not a very spiritual um, topic. We can talk about a, a, a few more, more spiritual things than leadership. But um, you realize that Jesus' final instruction to us was go into the world and make disciples of me. And we have said in this place that the, the final words of, a, of anybody is very important. Much more Jesus Christ. His final words to us is that we should make disciples. How can you make disciples of anybody if you don't lead them? How can you make disciples of anybody if you don't transform their lives from where they are to where they need to be or they ought to be? Leadership is essentially taking people or taking yourself from one place, which is not so good, to the desired place. Hallelujah. So the art of leadership, I said to you last week that anything that is an art can be learned. And leadership is an art. You have to learn how to lead properly. I don't care how anointed you are as a, as a man of God or as a, a Christian. I don't care how powerful you are in prayer and everything. If you don't know how to lead, you don't know how to really transform any life. If you don't know how to uh, organize yourself, your skill as a leader, you won't be able to be effective. Amen. So we started talking about leadership. We looked at uh, the leadership of a uh, uh, few personalities. We looked at Paul, isn't it? We looked at Peter, sorry. We haven't done Paul as yet, isn't it? We looked at Peter, to, and, we, and we are now looking at Abraham as, and learning, gleaning a few things from Abraham's life. But in, in, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 16, it says that for the leaders of these people cause them to err. And those who are led by them are what? Destroyed. Hallelujah. He says that the leaders, no, go back to it. The leaders of these people cause them to err. Have you seen why it's important to talk about leadership? Because if you don't have, the, I said somewhere that a leader's mistake is our mistake. <laughs> are you with me? Your mistake is your mistake. But when the leader makes a mistake, it's not his mistake. It's all of us our mistake. Because when he makes an error, we all err. And the consequences of the error, we all suffer. Hallelujah. It is not just the leader. See, when you are leading yourself and you make a mistake, you have made a mistake. And you will suffer the consequences of the mistake you have made. But when you are leading any group of people, you are leading your family, you are leading a, a group of people, when you make a mistake, it is everybody's mistake, and everybody will suffer the consequences of your mistake. Amen. 
So a leader's mistake is not just theirs. It's all of us. That is why we must know about leadership. Amen. So that even when our leaders are making a mistake, we can be able to say, hmm, this one doesn't look right. How many don't know a subject, but when the teacher who is teaching is not very good at it, you can say that, hmm, this teacher is not, uh, how many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So generally, we need to understand leadership so that we can tell when a mistake or an error is occurring. Amen. So let's go back to our conversation about um, Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. We started looking from verse 1 to 9. It says that, now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to the land that I'll show you. And I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you and make you a great, make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed from the, as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Verse 6 says that Abraham passed through the land to a place of Shechem as far as to the terebinth tree of Moreh. Amen. And Canaan, and the Canaanites were in the land. So the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And he built an altar to the Lord and he called the name of the Lord. So Abraham journeyed going on still toward the south. Hallelujah. So it sounds like a very normal conversation, a normal thing that happened to, in the life of a, a guy, Abraham. But we can learn a lot of things from this. Amen. And we started talking, what was the first thing today? I just want us to go straight because I want us to finish Abraham today. So the first thing we talked about, about uh, the characteristics of uh, um, Abraham's leadership. A leader must have a goal, isn't it? A general goal, a general destination. Number two, very quickly, a leader must have a purpose. Number three, nobody has notes. Hey? A leader must have faith. Number three, yeah, go on. Number four, a leader takes a number of people with him to the top, isn't it? Next one, a leader is a risk taker. Amen. And the next one, a leader has disciples. Amen. Is that where we got to last week? A leader is what? Selfless. Amen. And next one. A leader does not hold grudges. Hey, you have a lot of points. A leader does not hold grudges. Next one. A leader must have a big heart. Amen. All this is we have learned already. I don't want to go in too much. Amen. But today I want to start, so what, how many have you got so far? 
9. Okay. Let's, let's go back to verse number um, 6. That's Genesis 12, 6. Are you there? There's something here. It says that, And he passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh. And the Canaanites were in that land. You know, when you read the Bible, sometimes you wonder why certain things are emphasized. How many have wondered that? that? I am sure there were so many trees on the way. How many agree with me? There were so many trees on the way. How come they didn't talk about any tree, but when they got to Shechem, they talked about this particular tree? Have you asked yourself that question? See, anytime you are reading the Bible, read it in pictures. I, I always say that I'm not very clever, so I like to read things in picture form so that it makes sense to me. Are you with me? Have you ever watched a movie before? You see that a lot of things, scenery, there's a lot of uh, uh, trees passing. Then all of a sudden, the, the camera stops at the one particular tree for about a few minutes and then moves on. It means that the tree has a story to tell in the whole, in the grand scheme of the movie. Are you with me? And in the same way, in this place, you can see that this particular tree is not just there for the sake of being there because there are so many trees. He's journeyed from uh, heir of the Chaldeans and he has come through uh, Haran. He has come through Canaan. He has gone all the way and he's gone to the cherubim, uh, Shechem and in Shechem, they don't talk about anything but a tree. Amen. In those days, they, they had this notion that this particular tree, the cherubim tree, was an oracle. Uh, those of us from Africa will understand, isn't it? When there is, there is like a god, there is an oracle. This particular tree, if you need anything, let's say you are, uh, something happens, maybe somebody has stolen something from you, you can go and consult this tree. Uh, all right, I, I, I'm developing a point here. You can consult this tree, and the tree will tell you who has stolen or what has happened. The tree can tell you what your fortune will be. I, 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 are you getting it? Now let's read. Now that you know a little about this tree, let's read the whole thing. He says that and he passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as to the terebinth tree in Moreh, and the Canaanites were in the land. The people were in the land. The tree was in the land. The people always consulted the tree. Are you with me? Then Abraham comes there, but does not consult the tree. Abraham does not worship the tree. So at that place, the Lord appears to Abraham and says to him, to your descendants, I will give you this land. And there, Abraham decides to build an altar for the Lord. Right at the place of the oracle. Are you getting it? One of the things marks of a leader is that you compromise when you need to compromise, but you don't compromise at, the, at some things. You see that Abraham compromises when Lot decides that Lot and his people are fighting 
He says that, no, wherever you used to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. I, let there be peace between you and us, you and I. I don't want there to be any trouble. But here, when they are, they are worshiping anything which is not God, no, I am going to build an altar here for my God and worship my God. Am I, I, I making sense to you? A leader must not compromise where the world is concerned. Amen. A leader must not compromise where, where the world is concerned. Because see, there are pressure, pressures that comes to you as a leader, as a man of God, as a woman of God. The, the, the world and society will pressurize you into doing the wrong things. Amen. The cherubim tree are in, in places. At your workplace, there's a cherubim tree. In your home, there's a cherubim tree. In your neighborhood, there's a cherubim tree. Are you getting it? And you as a leader, you see, remember that you are not leading just yourself. You are an example to the world. Amen. So as far as the world is concerned, woman of God, man of God, you are our leader. Paul says that follow me as I follow Christ. I am being led by Christ, but I am an example for you. So follow what I do. Do what I do. Don't do what I'm not doing. So long as I'm doing what Jesus is doing. Amen. And we never had Lot, Sarah, or any other person going to worship the terebinth tree. Are you getting it? I am very sure that if Abraham had bowed to this tree and had conformed to the religion of the Canaanites, the rest of, the, of his party would have done the same. That's right. Amen. You see, I, I, I have said this, uh, uh, being a leader is a lonely business. How many remember me saying that? Because you have to take a certain step. That is not popular. The popular thing there was that that tree was very sharp. That tree would tell you, would tell you what you ought to do. And remember that Abraham doesn't know where really God wants him to go. Abraham doesn't know where he's going. Abraham is going, moving from one place to the other. And human beings as we are, we are not destined to be in, unsure of ourselves and insecure. We want to know the end of the story. How many are like me? When you see a story, you want to go to the end of the story before come back and watch it so that you can relax your nerves. We don't like it when we are not sure how the story is going. We are not, it doesn't make us very comfortable. We want to know the story. We want to know where we are going. You see, and, and how come God doesn't tell Abraham where he wants them to go? He says, follow me to the land that I'll show you. I said to you that God never gives us the destination. God, as soon as we know the destination, we leave God and follow the go to the destination. But God is not like a road map, not a, like an atlas. God is like a sat nav. Turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. And he's not interested about your destination. He's interested about your journey and how you obey him along the way. Amen. So this compromise of a tree would have made Abraham miss the way. 
Amen. Because as soon as you go and consult the cherub tree, he says that, okay, so at the end of your destination, you have to go to the mountains, which was the destination that God wanted Abraham to go anyway. Amen. But before then, so, uh, Lot has to leave him. Are you with me? So Abraham would have ended up going to the destination with Lot. And I told you that Lot cannot go to the destination because Lot eats a lot. Lot talks a lot. Lot is negative a lot. Amen. That's a whole, a whole. <laughs> that was a whole sermon on its own, isn't it? The Lot in me. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? So a leader must not compromise when it has to do with your worship with God. Listen, never buy your knee. Never take a knee. You know, let the people know that as for you and your God, nothing comes. So, oh, can you do Sunday? Ah, I can do Sunday. Can you do this? I can do No, no, don't compromise as a leader. Do you, do you get it? No, I always say at work that you can't pay me enough to work on a Sunday. I don't care how much money you give me. Because sometimes at the end of month end and, you know, like uh, year end, there's a lot of pressure. You know, people go in Sundays and people go in Saturdays. I, I tell them that you cannot pay me to come in. I don't care how much money you give me. You cannot buy my time. Because my Sunday is for God. Are you, are you getting it? And not necessarily just because of me. Because if I don't come to church, church will go on. But it's an example that I don't compromise where my God is concerned. Am I making sense? Yeah, you don't compromise where God is concerned. Because it's a lesson you are teaching those who are following you. That there are times you compromise. But where God is concerned, there's no compromise. Um, I don't know whether you are understanding what I'm doing. Amen. Because it's not just about you. People are watching your lives. People are watching your life to model their Christianity on. Are, are you getting it? So what you compromise on, we will compromise on it. What you don't compromise on, we will not compromise on it. That is the reason why you see that the failings of Abraham is the failings of Isaac. The strength of Abraham is the strength of Isaac. Isaac was not there when Abraham was giving his wife to the Egyptian king to sleep with. But Isaac did the same. Are you with me? Isaac was not there when Abraham was not worshipping the cherubim tree. But you know that Isaac never compromised where his God was concerned. He compromised on anything, but not where God is concerned. If you don't compromise on your God, your children will not compromise on their God. If you don't compromise on your morality, your children will not compromise on their morality. If you don't compromise on your loyalty, your children will not compromise on their loyalty. Whatever you compromise on, guess what? The people who are following you will compromise on it. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, are you learning something? Yeah. So, a leader is, is about negotiation. Are you with me? So, you negotiate. But there are principles. When it comes to this, I don't negotiate. Like America will tell you that we don't negotiate with terrorists. Have you heard that before? 
We don't negotiate. We negotiate on and trade. We negotiate on this, on that. But when it comes to terrorism, we don't negotiate. If we are going to kill our person, we would rather you kill the person than us negotiate with you. As a leader in the house of God, you must not negotiate where your faith is concerned. Amen. The cherubim tree is not there for fun. It was very powerful. People used to go and consult it. The human tendency is that we'll consult to know what is happening, what's going to happen in the future. I mean, that's why we like to go to prophets who can tell us what's coming tomorrow. What's going to happen to us at the end of the year. We'll go to that. Uh, because we, human beings, as we are, we are curious, want to know. We, we don't like being in limbo. Amen. Have you learned something there? Let's move on. Let's move on. Next verse. And he moved from there to the mount, mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent there. And west on Ai. Amen. And then he went on and on. The next thing about his leadership can be found in chapter 14. Chapter 14. Let's read verse 1, 2, and then. So Abraham came to Egypt. We know the story, isn't it? And the Egyptians saw the woman and that she was beautiful. Ah, no, no, no. I said chapter 14, not verse 14. Genesis chapter 14. It came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Sinai and Arok and all these names. Okay, go on that they made war with Baal and with the king of Sodom. Amen. They made war. Jump to verse 10. Now the valley of Sodom. Okay, go on, verse 11. So now somebody has come to make war with the king of Sodom and Gomorrah, isn't it? Remember now Lot is in Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and their provisions and went their way. Next verse. And they also took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. And then one who had escaped came and told Abraham, the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terrible trees of memory, the Amorite brother of Eshol and, and so have you seen the terrible tree has come again? Okay, next verse. Now, when Abraham heard, Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Amen. A leader is someone who has followers who are ready to die for him. <laughs> when he arms them and he takes them out to go and fight to save his brother's son, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's risking their lives. Now, it's the, you can't just get up and take, risk people's lives. 
if you don't have the art of leadership. Do you think that this IS and this Al-Qaeda people, they just get up? Because most of them are very intellectual people, university graduates and things. How would they just get up and say we are going to become jihadists? See, that is one of the secrets that we, as Christians of today, we don't know. We, we really don't know how to lead people even to the point where they are ready to take, lose their life. But you look at Jesus. All the disciples did not die a natural death. Out of all the disciples Jesus had, the only one who died a natural death was John. And John was put in, an, in a hot oil. He didn't die. So they took him to an island, island of, of uh, Patmos, and they left him there to die. Do you know that when uh, John was writing the book of Revelation, he could not see? He could not see. He wrote that book blind. Amen. You know, there's a scripture in uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16, 24 says that anyone that comes to me who does not take up his cross to go and die nowhere. Then Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. What do you think the cross is for? Is there a fashion accessory? <laughs> what, what do you think the, 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 the cross is for? It's not this type of thing that we hang around our necks. No, no, no. This one is fashion. <laughs> but the cross is a place to kill yourself on. Which means that every Christian must be a suicidal missionary. I didn't write the Bible. Don't look at me that way. I said, don't look at me that way. I didn't write the Bible. He said that if anyone desires, if you desire to come after me, if you desire to follow me, then this is what you must do. You must deny yourself. Because self will never take the cross. So in order to take your the cross, you must deny self and what self feels. <laughs> I, I, I think Michael made us read uh, uh, Romans 12, isn't it? One, he says, I, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of, of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And this is your reasonable service. It means it's the least you can do. It's the least service you can give to God. It's to die daily for God. Are you with me? Most of us cannot lead a fly to go and kill themselves. Well, we ourselves, we are not prepared to die. <laughs> Yeah. You, you know why we cannot lead others to die? Because we are not prepared to die for others. So nobody will die for you. Do you know that Abraham going to fight the king is not fighting them for himself. He's fighting for Lot. 
his followers, his servants, know of the trouble Lot caused him. They know of the fight that they had to fight against Lot's workers. How some ungrateful Lot has been. They are aware that Lot is ungrateful. Lot is unthankful. Lot is very disrespectful. Lot takes sides against his uncle. Yeah, but they saw that still Abraham is willing to stick out his neck to save Lot. And they say, if this man can do that for this bad nephew, if it were me, he would do it for me. And if you do it for me, then I'll do it for him. Amen. Because we are not prepared, we are not prepared to lay our lives for our followers. Our followers will never follow us to die. We are not prepared to, to, to even lose a fingernail <laughs> for anybody. So that's why nobody will follow us. I mean, how do you think that you're going to arm 380 men who are happy to go and look after cattle and come home and get their wages? You say they should go and die. Because going to war, there's no guarantee that you, you will come out back home alive. Are you with me? The reason why Christianity is not being effective today is because the followers of Christ or the followers of, of the Christian leaders today are not prepared to lose their, their skin for God. Because the Christian leaders of today, we are so selfish, we don't want to die for the people we are serving. So why should they die for the cause we believe in? If I came here today and I said, I'm looking for 10 missionaries, to abandon your lives from here. And I'm going to take you to Papua New Guinea. And I'll take you to... Uh, uh, <laughs> Timbuktu. And I'm taking you to Burundi. This is not from God. I am not sure I'll get even one person. If I, if, Pastor, if you change the destination, maybe. Okay, okay. Brother Michael, you are very anointed. You are a pastor in training. You are very, 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 very called. Listen, CICC, we are looking for a pastor to go and replace our pastor in South Africa. I want to transfer Pastor KG from South Africa. So I'm sending you. So he's going to go to Lesotho. I'm sending you. Ah, We're not joking, no. In case you thought I was, this is a joke. It's not a joke, but it can easily happen. <laughs> uh, if you think that there's not even 1% joking what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, you see, now somebody is talking about xenophobia. <laughs> Brother, are you still prepared? Because it can easily be your life. Oh. <laughs> mm? 
Now, he, he, did you hear what he said? He says mercy. <laughs> he says mercy. He's asking me to have mercy on him. But it was okay for me to go to South Africa, right? Well, you came back alive. So would you come back alive? If the Lord permits, we go back. Have you seen what I'm talking about? We are not prepared to lose even a fingernail. That's how come the cross and the virtue of the cross just hides between behind these four walls. Because for the cross and salvation to get out of the door, we must be prepared to die. And we who call ourselves leaders, we must be prepared to die for the people we are leading. And they must see that we will be able we will sacrifice our neck for them. Then they will follow us. Yeah. They will follow us. Hallelujah. I took five people from Birmingham to South Africa. They abandoned their lives from the UK. Five of them. And when they went to South Africa, they had to carry their cross proper. I mean, they struggled. Well, well, well. One of the girls was sitting in a taxi, you know, like this minibus. She was going, coming to church Sunday morning. Sunday, International Day, she had a gold chain on her neck. Then somebody tapped her from the back of the minibus and said something Zulu to her. Then the person sitting next to her said that he says he likes, he wants your chain, so take it off for him. And then the person after interpreting said that I'm advising you take it off for him if you want your life. I'm not telling you a story. I'm telling you something that happened. One, one, one of them, she came to, I think she came to my house. She was going back to her house. As she was going, she was holding her handbag. No, she went for home cell meeting. And she was going home. And she went to cross a certain bridge. There's a certain bridge in Johannesburg called Mandela Bridge. And that's where all the highway robbers are. So they asked her to bring her phone. And she was trying to struggle. And they collected the phone. When they collected it, they realized the phone was just a yam. <laughs> it was an old phone that... You know what I mean, an old phone. And they beat her up. For <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, I'm not telling you stories that happen. Some, I'm telling you something that I encountered with people who are working. These are like uh, assistant accountants, uh, whatever people from here that I took from here to South Africa. One was put in a counter back in police house because she was she didn't have a passport with her she was going to church on a sunday and they stopped everybody in the, in the taxi and they asked everybody in the minibus the, the minibus they call it taxis they had everybody show you id she didn't have her id i was away i was not in south africa i had traveled preaching somewhere i was there in the morning i was about to go and preach when they said that my one of my members is in police prison I'm not telling you a story. I'm telling you, if you, are, if you were to go to South Africa, you encounter some of these things. <laughs> yeah. 
guess what? When we got her out, when they got her out, she didn't take her the next plane out. She came to church to lead praise and worship. And after church, she went to do visitation. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> it's your reasonable service. The reason why we're not making an impact these days is because we're not prepared to die. We are not prepared to sacrifice. All these five people, they knew that I would sacrifice my life for them. And all of them, at one point in time, I sacrificed my life for them. So if I say, let's go, they will go. Let's go and die. They were ready to go. They abandoned every control. I'm, I'm not sure whether I have those type of people here yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, look at me funny. Say, Pastor, don't call me. Okay, I won't call you. <laughs> but listen, guys, we need that spirit if we are going to be effective. We need that spirit that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Hallelujah. You don't always want about a skin. It's not the gospel is not always about prosperity. It's not always about getting all the blessings and everything you want. No, 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 no. Really, the gospel is a gospel of sacrifice. The emblem of Christianity is a cross. Why do you think that it is a cross? It's not for prosperity. We have watered down the gospel. The emblem of Christianity is suffering, is sacrifice, is pain. Hallelujah. We don't want to be discomforted at all. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We want, you know, every time we want more comfort. More comfort. We're preaching about more comfort. We are, we, are, we are doing more prayers for more comfort. Amen. It's not about sacrifice. It's not about sacrifice at all. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> what number am I on? Let me go home. <laughs> How many are going to take the, the, the leadership example of Risking everything, your neck. That's not for you. The risk is not for you. Listen, one of these five guys, he was an army sergeant, and he did a wall. You know what a wall is? Absent without leave. So he was caught martialed. He was caught martialed, and then they took him to. There's a place in uh, S- down Essex. Yeah. Everybody was afraid to go. Even his, like, some of his army, uh, like, superiors, they said, no, Coach Marshall, when you go and you stand there and the person is jailed, you have to go with the person into the cells. Guess who went with him? I did. And I was there when they said, Let's rise for the verdict. The guy's legs were buckling. <laughs> and then I chucked my leg with him <laughs> as I was holding him. Yeah. So he knew that this guy, when he was caught, Marshal, I was there. When the police came for him and imprisoned him, I was there. So I said, let's go and die in South Africa. I'm ready. 
But for you, I would have died. So let's go. I said, it's okay. We'll go and die. How many people can you say, let's go and die and then we'll go with you? Next verse. Where are we? We are in chapter 14, isn't it? Verse 14. Let's read it quickly. Are you there? So, Abraham had his brother was taken. No, no, we don't. We go to 16. Let's jump. Let's keep jumping. So, he brought back. No, go to 15 so we can see everything. So he divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hoba, which is in the north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. Go on. So the king of Sodom went out to meet him, and the king of Sava, go on. I'm not interested in all that. Move on. Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of the heaven and the earth. And, Abraham, and, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hands. And he gave him a tithe of all. Hallelujah. When the king came to meet, remember that in those days when you go to war, you take all the possessions of the people you de defeat. Are you with me? Just as Sodom, they took everything, Lot and all his possessions. When Abraham went to defeat the kings, he brought not only Lot and his goods, but he brought everything that the, the kings had. Are you with me? So Lot was a very, very powerful person by this time. And he said that when the king came to meet him, he honored the king by giving the king the tenth of everything he had. One of the signs of the characters of a good leader is knowing when to honor people. Hallelujah. He's knowing when and how to honor people. That's one of the secrets of leadership. You will never ever be a good leader. You will never be a standard leader if you don't know how to honor people. You understand? Hello? Because leadership is not about you. Leadership is service. Amen. And you must learn when and how to honor. Our day-to-day, -day, Christians of today, we don't know how to honor people who are higher than us. We don't know people who have gone ahead of us, how to honor them. We don't know how to give to them. Because, hey, now I also have a crowd. You have a crowd, I have a crowd. No. The king said, Abraham, blessed be the Abraham of the most high God. But that king was a, a righteous king. He was a man of God. And he was calling Abraham a man of God. So it's, like, it's almost as if he had brought himself low to big Abraham up. And if it had been our day today, immediately that they said about us, they say, yes, we are now more anointed than our father. No, not with Abraham. Amen. 
When I went to Ghana, the pastor that I got born again in his church made me come and do a three-day uh, convention in his church. I did it this last Sunday. He made me come and preach again in his church. This is the pastor that I sat. I used to sit where um, a charity is sitting in the church. If my pastor sits here, where charity is sitting, that's where I used to sit. One, two, three, four, five, about seven or eight rows to the back on the left. That's where I sat. Today, I am sitting next to him. And he's about to in, in, introduce me to preach. And after I finish preaching, he does a banquet for me. But I am still his son. Oh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. I am still his son. And I have to give a tithe of everything God has blessed me to him. That's the secret to becoming a great leader yourself. When you know how to honor somebody who has played a vital role in your life. Hallelujah. Our men of God today, young men and women who are coming, we are always in a hurry to fight. We are always in a hurry to usurp people's, uh, people who were before us, to usurp their authority and make, put ourselves there before them. That's the shortest way of destroying yourself. Bible says that remove not the ancient landmarks. They are there for a reason. Leave them alone. Honor them and leave them. Anybody who has played a part in your life, in your up, upbringing up to this point, honor them. When God blesses you, give them a tithe of everything. Is it too difficult, some of the things I'm saying? I, I don't like people doing honor, honor for me for a reason. Because I don't, I hate it when I, I hear people arguing about themselves to give a pound to me. I don't need your pound. Take it. Are you with me? I don't like that thing. Take it. Because it means you don't have a certain understanding. So the, even if you give me, you won't be blessed. So you might as well not bother. <laughs> Look at somebody. You can't give Melchizedek a tithe of everything God has blessed you with. You can't because you are prospered today. Eh? Go ahead. Hallelujah. Are you, you understanding what I'm saying? When you have the opportunity, honor. The Bible says that honor your mother and father in the Lord. Isn't it? Ephesians uh, 6, isn't it? Yeah. So that it will be well with you. And you shall have, in this life, you shall have prolonged and peaceful days. Amen. Anybody who has sat in that office of a spiritual parent, you must honor them. Honor them. It's non-negotiable. It's not when they do this, I'll do this. When they do this, I'll. When they behave themselves, I'll. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You know, when I went there, uh, the pastor was telling me that they are, they are trying to build a church building. And they have done up to a certain point. Now, they have one money. It's a good English. They have one money. 
And that money can either be the ceiling or the floor. If they do the floor, they can't do, they have to sit under the sun. If they do the ceiling, they have to sit in the dust. <laughs> you know, so I, I, said, I said to him, if you do the ceiling, I'll do the floor. If you do the floor, I'll do the ceiling. You tell me what it will be. And I'll give a tithe of it. Because I have a certain understanding that without this man, I won't be standing here. So if I'm standing here, I have to give a tithe of everything to this man. Because I owe my spiritual life. And I owe everybody that I've affected spiritually, I owe it to him. You saw him, didn't you? Or you, went, you didn't see him when he went there? Yeah. But have you seen his, the, the, the building? Yeah. Does he need help? Yeah. The building needs help. Do the people in the church need help? Does the instruments in the church need help? Yeah. So it's like we have shiny things. And they are struggling. But that's my father. Uh, now, um... Pastor, um, I think you need to do this. No, 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 no. don't talk like that. <laughs> don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. If I can give a tithe to help make his floor, that should be my priority. Because the Bible says that remove not the ancient landmarks. The landmarks that have helped you when you get to a place don't forget and don't, you know, think about, the things about leadership is that you'll be promoted. When you're promoted, never forget those who helped you to get there. Stand to your feet, let's go on.